turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. You still shouldn't vote for. On Monday, we told you about the candidate for Pittsburgh City Controller, who you should not vote for. We'll leave it up to you to decide if winning a really prestigious award today should change your mind. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, the candidate is Rachel Heisler, who's the deputy controller right now for the city of Pittsburgh. For all we know, she's the greatest deputy city controller in Pittsburgh history. But the day after tomorrow, she's hosting a fundraiser at Oliver's Donuts. I don't know where that is, but good luck to Oliver. And, uh, appreciate the plug, I hope. Anyway, she thinks you should show up because it's donuts and drag. And according to the flyer, it's quote-unquote family-friendly. So your kids can be entertained by an ugly man dressed up as a really ugly woman, and they can be part of Pittsburgh history. He might even do some really good twerking for them, and it'll only cost you 50 bucks to see this high-level entertainment. Flyer says that the incredible Chi-Chi de V-I-V-R-E, I don't know how you pronounce that in French, but anyway, Chi-Chi will be performing some fun holiday tunes. If uh, he's taking requests, maybe you could ask him to sing Roberta the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know, fun for the whole family. Even though Jerry Seinfeld was right when he said there is no such thing as fun for the whole family. Anyway, here's some th- something else for the kiddies. If you drag them to Donuts and Drag, they might, they might get a chance to meet Rachel Heisler, a real live winner of the AM 1250 The Answer Jerk of the Week Award. Hey, when we come back, the Biden administration just released close to, I think, 50,000 more pages of files from the JFK assassination, but they're still holding a few thousand back. Dr. Cyril Wecht, who has never bought the lone gunman theory and he knows all about it, will be here to tell you if you should be impressed by any of this. And in our second half hour, lots of critics are, of course, really impressed with Sandy Cortez's documentary on climate change. And it made $80 per theater in hundreds of theaters last weekend in its opening. Christian Toto of Hollywood and Toto will be here to make fun of it and talk about movies in 2022. Stick around. Wow, we're a week away from Christmas. A little over a week, a week from Sunday. And if you're still looking to give yourself a Christmas present, you still have time to get in before Christmas to at least set up your in-home estimate. Make a call to Bath R Us for a free in-home estimate and get $1,000 off plus low to no monthly payments. They'll do a total transformation on your bathroom. Bath R Us is not going to do a layover, an overlay, I should say. It's a total transformation. Every unit custom-built. Allows you to pick all the premium accents and accessories. That includes gorgeous faucets, uh, fixtures for the finishing touch on your new bathroom. So get that home estimate going right now. Call 412-752-6880. That's 412-752-6880. Free in-home estimate. Low to no monthly payments. Or go to Bath R Us. That's Bath, the letter R, us, dot com to start loving your bathroom again. Networth Advisors has a question for you. Is your retirement inflation-proofed? Here's what we mean. In retirement, chances are you're on a fixed income with variable expenses. So how do you not run out of money when the cost of just about everything continues to go up? You inflation-proof it. 
Beth Andrews and the team at NetWorth Advisors can show you strategies to help combat inflation so it doesn't outpace your retirement income. Call us today at 800-426-1428 to learn more. Inflation could take a huge chunk out of your retirement savings, but it doesn't have to. With some simple planning, inflation can go from being a major disruption to a minor annoyance. Call Beth Andrews and the team at NetWorth Advisors now to start inflation-proofing your retirement today. 800-426-1428. That's 800-426-1428. NetWorth Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk. Firm offers insurance services. My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? Couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite. My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynavite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. My Pillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever, just in time for Christmas. This is John Stoggerwald. Get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. A set of pillowcases for only nine ninety eight, and rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper for as low as ninety nine ninety nine. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more, all with the biggest discounts ever. They're also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gift for your friends, your family, and everybody you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98 and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, before I forget, uh, I wanted to mention in the open and I forgot, uh, coming up on our second half hour, I am going to play for you Myron Cope's commentary on the 10th anniversary of of the uh, Immaculate Reception back in 1980, uh, 82 actually, and um, uh, it's pretty good. So I got that coming up uh, in the second half hour. Uh, Meanwhile, the Biden administration released another batch of files on the JFK assassination, but they didn't release all of them. It's been 59 years. They're still holding back some files. Since we don't know what's on the ones we haven't seen, it really doesn't answer many questions. Dr. Cyril Wecht is a forensic pathologist. You all know who he is. He was the first civilian ever given permission to examine the Kennedy assassination evidence, and he joins us now. Thanks for coming on again, Cyril. Always appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure to be with you, John. I hope you're well. Yeah, me too. I hope you're well. <laughs> and I think uh, most of the people uh, listening now know about your association with the JFK assassination. Um, but for those who don't, could you give me like a give us a, a Cliff Notes version of how and how much you got involved? Yeah, well, first I was uh, um, contacted by um, various national television shows when the Warren Commission report came out. And then, as you mentioned, I was the first non-government-sponsored, non-government-related forensic pathologist given access to the JFK uh, autopsy materials at the National Archives in Washington, D.C. in 1972. And that's what I pointed out. The president's brain was missing that had not been examined, that various x-rays and other things were missing uh, too. And then I testified later on um, uh, before the uh, uh, Rockefeller Commission in 1975. I testified uh, before the House Select Committee on Assassinations. I was a member of the Forensic Pathology Talk of the Forensic Pathology Panel. I testified before that panel in 78. I've been deeply involved. I'm chairman of a national organization, uh, Capra Committee Against Political Assassinations, 
that continues to meet every year. And uh, we've done some wonderful programs at Duquesne University, um, 30th and 40th anniversaries, and we'll be having a, uh, a big program in November of this coming year, John. So keep that in mind. Love to have you come up and, uh, and attend. So that's the brief uh, background and my heavy involvement. I've testified three times under oath and in the Rockefeller Commission. Yeah, well, keep, keep me posted on that event. Um, we'll talk to you about it before, you know, in the next well, it's a few months from now, but keep me posted. So how, how when, oh, no, when, when uh, someone is uh, killed by bullets that entered his brain, how is the brain not available when people go to uh, investigate what happened? Where was the brain? Oh, yeah. uh, an excellent question, right on, right on point. Um, you fix the brain in formalin at the time of the autopsy. You can't examine it when it's been traumatized like that, and you let it harden. It assumes a consistency of a hard-boiled egg, not to be crude, but you slice it then in parallel fashion, and you examine it carefully. So uh, nobody, although I wasn't the first one to, 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 to know that, um, nobody else, including top scientists and others, the government had lined up, not anybody felt that it was necessary to expose the fact that the president's brain had not been examined and and it went missing. It had never been examined and it remains missing to this day as we talk. Well, what I, I mean, you've done these uh, zillions of these of, of autopsies. Have you ever uh, encountered a missing brain before? No, of course not. And if this ever happened in a case, the judge would throw it out of court because it's called spoliation of evidence. If they went into court and the brain wasn't there for the defense to examine, the judge would have to throw the case out. So, <laughs> so when when you go down there to do this investigation as the first, as we said, first civilian ever to be given permission to examine the Kennedy assassination evidence, when you looked and saw there was no brain, what was your? What did you do? Who, who did you call? Well, what do you say? It was a front page story in the New York Times, August 27, 1972, front page, uh, because they had called me um, and they were um, uh, finding out uh, what was going on and, and so on. So, um, um, yeah, front page, uh, New York Times. Um, August 47, 1972. And the, the, the government is just so it, John. They're so wanted. Yeah, but I mean, the, just take me through the the, the, the the moment that you decide, you know, you're down there to investigate this and you're examining, uh, doing an autopsy, which you've done all your life, and you see there's no brain. Who's the first person you call to say, hey, you know, there's no brain to, to examine here? Well, I did hold a press conference, but first, I gave the New York Times an exclusive okay. because uh, uh, they had uh, intervened um, when uh, they found out that I was being stonewalled uh, in response. You know, the uh, everything was supposed to be covered up, um, sequestered for 75 years, with the exception that after five years following the Warren Commission, they recognized experts in the field of pathology that could... Uh, uh, request permission, and that's how I got in. Um, and that's that's a long story too. How yeah. they tried to to uh, keep me from doing that. Well, I'm I was only 15 years old when at the time of the assassination. You know, I, I remember a lot of it, all of it. Um, yeah, you yeah, know, from from, sure. from my perspective. But um, I, it's it's we here we are 59 years later, uh, and we're still hearing that there are files. I think it was. Um, there's 87,000 pages or something like that uh, total, and some yeah. 40,000 more released today, whatever the number is. Um, what do you think the chances are that the answer to your question, what happened to the brain, is in some of those files that we haven't seen yet and may never see? Probably something is there because uh, somebody would have had to have uh, made that order. And... Uh, this continuing cover-up, John, is, is horrible. They say that uh, to release these materials would compromise national security. I'd like to know how national security would be compromised. According to the Warren Commission, nobody, nobody was involved 
in this whole business except Lee Harvey Oswald from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So how in the world, therefore, could national security be compromised? Um, and this continuing holding back, this is uh, regrettable. You know, this is something you might expect in a totalitarian nation, but they're getting away with it. And we continue to pound on the doors and then yell and scream. And we're, you know, those of us who remain each year, uh, some of the uh, top uh, JFK Warren Commission critic researchers are passing away. And uh, I guess they hope that they'll outlive us. Well, what a, what a great point that is. I watched last night, uh, Tucker Carlson came on and opened his show by saying that he had spoken to, he didn't identify the person, but he said he had spoken to someone with full knowledge of what's in the files, and he, oh. asked, he asked him, he wouldn't, they didn't identify the guy, obviously, but he said, uh-huh. um, this guy told him that the CIA was definitely involved, based on what he's seen and what he knows. Now, No question. You, you agree with that, but here's my what I just heard you say. I don't know why I haven't thought about it before. I heard I listened to Tucker Carlson and that whole discussion he had last night about oh. how people are saying that um, there's so many there's things in there that could be uh, create problems for national security. Blah blah blah. But they how can they tell you at the same time that there's that only one person was involved that they can't tell you about what happened because there are other people involved and we don't want you to know about it. It's one or the yeah. other, isn't it? Yeah. Well. Oswald was probably not even a shooter. Um, the important thing is that there were two shooters, one from the rear and one from the front behind the picket fence on the grassy knoll. Um, and this was a setup by some top-level members, uh, active or recently retired from the CIA, Alan Dulles being the principal one there. Alan Dulles, can you imagine, John? He was head of the CIA. He was fired, fired by John Kennedy following the Bay of Pigs debacle and everything. And yet, who gets appointed to the Warren Commission and who runs the show? Alan Dulles, the Chief Justice wow. Earl Warren, and two U.S. Senators and two congressmen were busy as hell with what they had to do. So who's running the show down there? Alan Dulles. Can you, if you read this in a novel, uh, <laughs> or you, 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 you wouldn't believe it. Even a totalitarian nation, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, you're you're well known. We're talking to Cyril Wecht, uh, Doctor Cyril Wecht, and uh, Doc, Cyril, you're well known for your refusal to accept the single gunman theory, which you just mentioned there a minute ago. Have you, in 59 years since the assassination, seen anything to even begin to change your mind on that? Oh no, no, no! In fact, the more we learn, the more examinations, the more tests, and the more uh, experts who review this, um, the more the evidence stacks up. There's no question. I I don't don't like to be dogmatic or arrogant, but there's just no question to the world that uh, uh, if this case uh, were ever to have made its way in the court, uh, you can bet it would have been thrown out for missing brain and for other reasons. And, of course, uh, talking about, uh, um, uh, you know, the... uh, the, the fact that there's no way it was going to go to trial and uh, enter Jack Ruby conveniently there at Dallas Public Safety Building to eliminate Oswald and make sure that there would never be a trial. You know what's amazing about that? For people who haven't seen uh, most people have seen the video of, of Lee Harvey Oswald being shot, murdered by uh, yeah. Jack Ruby. Yeah. Can you imagine in uh, today someone is accused of assassinating the President of the United States they bring him through the hallway with the media, yeah, yeah. With the media <laughs> waiting for him out there like he's a football coach yeah, getting, getting yeah, ready to just, do a post-game interview. They were yelling questions at him, and he yeah, was saying, no, yeah, I'm the patsy, I'm the patsy. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Unbelievable. I'm telling you, if, 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 if this were written up as a novel, it would be uh, rejected by the publisher as being too absurd. Yeah. And yeah. You, don't, you continue to say that you don't think Lee Harvey Oswald was – one of the two shooters that you believe were involved? Yeah, no, no. They, were, they, never, they never identified uh, Prince and, and a cockamamie story about uh, uh, him ordering this uh, a Madiker Carcano, the alleged murder weapon, which is a piece of junk and so on. But, you know, I don't get hung up on uh, uh, Oswald. Uh, I, I, in fact, they often say, you want Oswald as one of the shooters? Go ahead, fine. But I just want the second shooter because that makes it under federal law 
and the laws of every jurisdiction in the country uh, a, a, a conspiracy. Uh, two or more people involved, and that's, that's why they can't have it. That's why they cannot have a second shooter, because that opens up the doors wide, wide open. Of course, that was almost 60 years ago. And there were a few people there with cameras, including Sapruder, who had the famous film. Imagine today if every other person in the crowd had been recording it on their cell phone. (laughs) It'd be a little different, wouldn't it? You're you're right. It would be a different story. A different story. You're right. You're right. Well, stay with it. I'm so glad to have your continuing interest, and I'm always available to you. Yeah. Although I don't think anything dramatic Biden... Uh, disappointingly, and not uh, terribly surprisingly, is punting again as Trump did uh, and as Obama did before him, and uh, it's just just disgusting, just disgusting. Well, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s uh, quote was, uh, "It's bizarre. It's been almost sixty years since my uncle's death. What are they yeah. hiding?" Unquote. Pretty bad yeah. when the family yeah. isn't buying it, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, and. Uh, We'll talk about Robert F. Kennedy's assassination another time. Um, um, uh, that's not what is portrayed, uh, what would people believe. What is portrayed in the autopsy report is that the shot that killed Robert Kennedy was fired one to one and a half inches above and behind his right ear um, with a slightly forward tra- a trajectory. There's no way in the world that, um, that Sirhan Sirhan was ever that close with his gun. I always ask the audiences how close was Sirhan Sirhan when he fired a shot. Ten feet, eight feet, six feet, four feet, sometimes somebody will say two feet, one to one and a half inches. I was an official consultant in that case. I went out there, reviewed everything with Dr. Noguchi, my good friend, the medical examiner of Los Angeles, uh, who did the autopsy. Look it up in the autopsy report, and you'll see what I'm telling you. One to one and a half inches away from the senator's head. How do you like that? And um, you, uh, there are 87,000 pages, Cyril. Uh, I think that's what the number is. Are, yeah. are, are any of them, can any of them be relevant in your mind if they're still insisting on the single bullet theory? Does it matter what any of the other ones say if they're still insisting on that? Well, no. In fact, uh, anything that would be released would be damaging, harmful to them and to the whole thing. So that's why it's not being released, as well as maybe telling us who was behind all this. We don't know what's there. But uh, uh, someday, someday, somehow it's going to be released. But So 87,000, if they released 87,000 pages, and on page 87,001, was a story about, well, there was this guy behind the, the, the fence and, uh, and there was another shooter, and, well, we forgot to mention that. It's, so <laughs> the previous 86,999 pages don't mean anything. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They don't mean anything. And they keep the drip, drip, drip of putting them out, and it's, it, well, it's going to be it's 60 years in November. Um, and so yeah. finishing yeah. up here, we got about a minute to go here, Cyril. Uh, so... Is it? It is the CIA in your mind? Well, not the CIA in an organized uh, fashion, but some people who have been closely allied with the CIA, like Alan Dulles. I think only a handful of people made this decision, CIA and military people, that uh, they should, could not just continue with John Kennedy for five more years. They disrespected him. They were bad-mouthing him, and uh, they, they were very, very unhappy. Uh, read read any of the books uh, about that, and and you'll see. And so the only way to eliminate Kennedy was to physically eliminate him. Um, otherwise, uh, there was nothing they could do. They could never beat him at the polls. Hey, Cyril, I got. W- tell me where people can find you writing or talking about this uh, in your well, new book. Contact uh, contact Duke University. Ben Weck, my son, and he'll tell them about the program in November of this year. It's going to uh, coming year. It's going to be a fantastic program. Hey, Cyril, always great to have you on. You were the man to talk right, to when this right. stuff comes out. Thanks. Thank you. Best wishes to you and your listeners for the holidays. Thank you. Thank you. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. 
President Biden is promoting the law known as the PACT Act, which helps veterans get screened for exposure to toxins. We have a lot of obligations as Americans. We only have one sacred obligation. Let's prepare those we send to war and care for them and their families when they come home from war. The president spoke at a Delaware National Guard facility named after his son, who served as a major in Iraq and later died of brain cancer. Heavy winter storms expected to hobble the Midwest with wintry weather for days and then push up the East Coast into New England. Virginia State Police say three people have died following a crash that involved a commercial bus carrying 22 people and a tractor trailer on Interstate 64. It happened early today in York County near Williamsburg. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK. Enjoy! Okay, we admit it. Pittsburgh is famous for steel. But what about all the other things we're famous for? Take 1980, when we invented the emoticon. How's that for a smiley face? And the terrible towel. Come on, who else can turn a common household item into a sports icon? The Big Mac? Yeah. That was us in 1967. See, we figured if we like it, so will America. And boy, were we right. You get it. We get it. And this station gets you. AM 1250. The answer. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Hey, John Stoggerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We've got volume delays just about everywhere you look. Outbound on 65. Eckerd Street up to McKees Rocks Bridge. Parkway West inbound. Stacking up Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. About a six-minute delay there. On Parkway East, you're going to see delays on the inbound side. Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound looks like a lot of slow going. Bates Street up to Edgewood, Swissvale. Delay of about eight minutes there. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Tonight will be overcast with a couple of snow showers. Tonight's low 27. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, breezy with a flurry, high 32. Tomorrow night, cloudy skies, low 24. Sunday, mostly cloudy, breezy and cold with a snow shower. Sunday's high 29. An extreme cold outbreak is expected later next week into Christmas weekend. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we're hoping to get uh, Christian Toto. We're, we're efforting that, as they say in radio, because uh, Christmas time is always a, you know, it's a good time to go to the movies. I used to go to one on Christmas all the time until COVID came along and I stopped and 
I've kind of stopped going to movies the way I used to. But um, I, what I want to talk to Christian about, if we do get him, and if we don't, that's okay, uh, is um, the movie by one of the great stars from Hollywood, Sandy Cortez, also known as AOC. Uh, her movie opened last week. It's called To the End. And here's the thing about it. It opened to rave reviews. Um, now, the only problem with that is that it was opened, it opened in hundreds of theaters, and it averaged, are you ready for this, $80 per theater. That's what the, the, the box office was for AOC's movie. Now, what I don't, I don't, I'm probably going to, well, I'm not going to fail to miss it. I'm going to make sure I don't fail to miss it, but she is, I think she's been around for a while now. I think it's been at least three years that she said that we had 12 years left. I think it was 12, she said, if it wasn't 10. But anyway, we either got like seven or nine years left, depending on uh, what she's, we predicted back then. So I, I haven't heard her, if she's revised that or not, but Christian Toto's on the line now. He's, uh, with his uh, website is um, hollywoodintoto.com. He critiques movies for a living, so he joins us now. Christian, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So is this the uh, must-see movie of the holiday season? To Avatar? the end? <laughs> no, to the end. Oh. <laughs> Wait, um, I'm drawing a blank on to the end. I'm sorry. That's uh, AOC. Oh gosh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Just having a, a a brain situation. Yeah, you know it's funny. There there have been many many climate change movies in the last few years. They're usually documentaries. Sometimes they're like Don't Look Up, which gets a you know a fictional spin on things. But this one didn't exactly draw a crowd, and that's uh, that's saying something. I think there was an eighty dollar per screen average, which is as low uh, uh, as a bottom scrape barrel scraping as you can have. So uh, yeah, I think people just don't want to go to the movies to see AOC say. The world is ending. The world is ending. Yeah. Well, um, I I guess the average ticket price is about twelve bucks. So she's we're oh, talking about yeah. six and a half people per showing. <laughs> Let's hope they all bought a lot of popcorn because that might uh, raise <laughs> raise the tally up a little bit. But that's it's an extremely low number. And usually when they have movies in a few theaters, they're in maybe more urban centers that are more amenable to the messaging of this kind of movie. So even there, it's a complete strikeout. So you get paid to watch stuff like this. I'm guessing you have not not you've not done your duty on this one yet. You know, I was offered a screening opportunity, but I, I think I had an appointment that day or something. <laughs> I, you know, I can only see so many films that I do because I work for myself. I have a little bit of liberty to kind of pick and choose, and some films I will definitely see because I'm supposed to see them. They're right. big. They're important. This one, I, I kind of cut myself a break. It was maybe my Christmas present early. Well, I was offered a screening, too, but I had an appointment to have my toenails removed with pliers, <laughs> and I opted for that. I didn't want to miss that and you know, in favor of the movie. Um, Good choice. So, so you say that climate change movies just don't do well. Uh, Al Gore's, which was a fraud, did really well, did, did it not? You know, he's it was Al a Gore. great box office. Sure, but that, well, that was 15 or so years ago, yeah. and uh, I thought it made it maybe in the 20 to 30 million range, which for a documentary is very impressive. But when his sequel came out a few years ago, it made a fraction of a fraction of that. I think maybe that at that point people realized that maybe he wasn't the truth teller that we were told he was. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I think we're seeing this across the board in Hollywood, even the Oscar bait movies, which aren't necessarily about climate change. It could be about a whole bunch of different subjects. People just don't want to get lectured on the big screen. They want to go out. They want to have a nice time. Maybe it's a date night situation. And if they're going to go out, they're going to spend the money. And like you said, popcorn's expensive. The tickets are expensive. They want some entertainment. They want some escapism. So who in the world wants to see, you know, AOC, you know, do the doom and gloom routine? I mean, I get it. It makes perfect sense. And uh, I think films like this maybe will go straight to streaming next time. I don't know. It's just maybe they just won't make them, which would actually be smarter, at least from an economic point of view. Well, I don't know if you know who T.O. Bugby is. Do you know who that is? The New York Times? No, I don't. Well, apparently she's a critic because she wrote Representative Oak. <laughs> Oh, boy. Representative Ocasio-Cortez <laughs> offers the best on-screen antidote to despair. She's funny, a canny political strategy. And then this guy, then uh, RogerEbert.com's Nick Allen wrote, To the end is set to ignite more Americans to take action. Apparently, Nick hadn't heard that it was getting six and a half people per showing when he wrote that. 
You know, I am an openly right-of-center critic, although I try to be yeah. fair to films across the aisle. Yeah. But what you're seeing in critical communities across the country is that they lead with their politics. So if they, if they kind of agree with the message here, if they agree with the party in question, they will be more amenable to the films. And I don't like to critique my fellow critics. Maybe it's kind of right. a little uh, tacky, but yeah. it is what it is, and it's so obvious that it's hard not to call it out these days. So, you know, listen, if they like these films, God bless them, and they have to be honest about it. But, you know, I always think that if you're a mainstream film critic, you're reviewing for all, you know, different ideologies, you should be more honest and more open about things. And I think a lot of film critics today, they just sort of like, I'm left of center, I'm going to write like a left of center critic, and it doesn't matter what my audience is. And I think that's not the best approach for a, a um, uh, you know, for certain outlets. And to be fair, the number of people who show up doesn't necessarily reflect the quality of the movie. There have yeah, been absolutely. There movies have been great that, movies that have bombed at the box office. For oh sure. yeah, yeah. And, and there've been there've been terrible movies that make a lot of money. <laughs> That's right. But it, it depends on what you. I guess what what's terrible is 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 good a movie that makes good money. That's that's I mean that's the main goal for everybody. They they're trying to make money on this. But she's not yeah, I mean, making I think it. Did, Hollywood really wants to kind of do both. They want to get the critical acclaim, and they want to make enough money where they don't have to go in the red, or they don't, or they can make a sequel or two. So that's the sweet spot. And you know, some movies get there. Top Gun Maverick was mm-hmm. at ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics, and about ninety-eight or ninety-nine, give or take, from the public. Everyone loved that movie. So that's that's the best when it, when and everyone's happy and everyone's entertained and everybody comes away thinking it's a good movie. But that's you know, it's hard. And movies are complicated. I get that, but. Uh, you know, you know, when you have an AOC in a film, you you think it maybe would lean more to the expert class at the very least. Even you know, no matter what you think about climate change, you, you, maybe they would be a better uh, conduit of information. But you know, AOC, listen, we we all see her on Twitter, we all hear her speak. Uh, she's not the brightest, so I no. mean, I, maybe that's I mean, you're starting with a deficit, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Well, the story is. Um it's, it says here, a documentary featuring, featuring Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and climate activists pushing the Green New Deal. Uh, and it's for, I guess it's she, and it's, it follows the work of four young women and their attempt to pass significant legislation to address climate change. I, you know, if you're going to show me pictures of the sea levels rising and, and the Empire State Building being washed away, and, you know, it might, it might get me interested, but watching... <laughs> Four young women try to get legislation passed. I don't care what what the legislation is. That sounds sounds kind of boring to me. Yeah, I think it's one of the problems that that impacted the recent movie she said, which was about the journalists who helped take down Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. They did a great job. Kudos to them across the board. You know, Harvey Weinstein should have been exposed should have been exposed years ago. And I actually thought it was a very good film. But I think people look at that and say. Do I want to spend two hours watching journalists pick up the phone, you know, work sources, interview people? It, it's a tough sell. I think they pulled it off. Uh, kudos to them as well on the film itself. But I think it's one of the reasons why the movie flopped is because, you know, on paper, that looks like a terrible, boring movie. We're talking to Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com. Um, they might, it was in hundreds of theaters, Christian. So that tells me, I, I think that, you know better than I do, but it sounds to me like the distribution for this hideous film was good. Unlike, for example, Gosnell, which we talked about here on this show quite a bit, it had it. It was about it was a great story, a great theme, and a, you know just a great idea for a movie. And I think when we had the producers on it, and this and it happened in Philadelphia, one theater in Philadelphia was carrying it. Hmm. So yeah, and that speaks to a bigger issue with with what's going on in Hollywood behind the scenes. And you're and you're right, that was a very good movie, by the way. And obviously, the subject matter was as, as explosive abortion, as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, that's that's a landscape that if you're telling a story that may be right of center, maybe faith friendly, there are certain handicaps. And I think what you're seeing is maybe ways around that now. A Fathom Events is a uh, a curious stream, uh, theatrical chain where they they put kind of event films together and they've been doing a lot of uh, Christian films and they've been kind of, you know, circumventing the typical Hollywood gatekeepers and doing quite a good job with it. So that's uh, that's one way the message has gotten out there. How has Dinesh D'Souza succeeded in getting lots of people to see his movies? Well, I think his success has been so startling that it's hard not to give him theaters. He's done pretty well over the years. I think he's, his box office has had diminishing returns. He started huge, and each one gets smaller and smaller. But they still, for a documentary, 
do rather well. And I think his last one or two kind of got mixed up with the pandemic. So it's hard to kind of say, you know, to critique him on that level. But I, I think he showed such success early on that, that distributors and theaters, just even if they didn't like what he was saying, was like, well, this, you know, this is going to draw a crowd. And Dinesh often does. And we've talked about this uh, here with you before, the wokeism, and, and, and you've written a book about it, how woke being woke is killing Hollywood. I'm, I wonder why movie distributors, movie producers haven't learned from Fox News that there's an audience out there for people who are willing to pay to see stories that they want to see, and that if you put it out there, it'll sell. And, I, and I, when I'm not just talking about producers willing to produce movies with subjects that would appeal to the people who will not watch Fox News, but movie theater owners and distributors, why don't they take a look at that and go, you know, we need to start producing and distributing movies that, you know, people might actually want to see. Well, I think that on the theatrical side, they would be much more open to it. But I think it's the where the content is generated, the studios, the networks. I think they must, at some level, understand what you're describing. But I think they don't want to go there. I mean, it just, I, I always go back to late night TV. If you've got, you know, a half dozen shows, if not more, that all lean to the left pretty hard. Yep. You would think you've got a split country. Why not put one show in there that leans to the right and see what happens? It seems like a no-brainer. Kind of happened and with Gutfeld. <laughs> well, they didn't do it until Fox News stepped in. Yeah, yeah. And now that they have stepped in, and now that uh, Gutfeld is at or near the top every week, there's there's no copycats. There's no one saying, oh, my gosh, they, they found this market. That's a great idea. Maybe we can even compete with Gutfeld, put on a better Gutfeld show. But you're not seeing that. Yeah, and I guess it's, you know CNN puts the same garbage on every night, looks at their ratings going down the toilet, and keeps putting the same stuff on night after night without trying. Well, you know what? Maybe we ought to at least try to see if we can sneak a few conservative viewers in or mix it up a little bit. They, they make no effort. So it must just be all ideological, right? It is. You know, the, uh, the Daily Show is now host-less. Trevor Noah stepped down. Mm-hmm. I think he's already. I think he's gone, and he gave his notice a few weeks ago. And they listed all the different guest hosts who can, you know, fill the gap until they yeah. find a replacement. And it was, you know, Amy Schumer and, yeah. and, and you know, uh, uh, Chelsea Handler, uh, uh, Al Franken. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying these people are not talented. They have some ability. But you would think, given the landscape, given the fact that The Daily Show's ratings were terrible under Trevor Noah – and maybe throw throw a curveball in there. See what happens. I mean, if you throw six liberal hosts in there and maybe two conservatives, look at the ratings. What yeah. happens? Yeah. Is there a difference? Did it go up? Did it go down? Or maybe you try it and it doesn't attract. The, you know, maybe that brand is too dedicated to being left of center and it wouldn't work. But yeah. why wouldn't you kind of roll the dice at that point? Trevor Noah had a slight problem. He was doing a comedy show and he's not very funny. I, that. It's kind of a, a tough starting point for him. Hey, uh, we're finishing up here with Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com. So before I let you go, I, I'm sneaking up on you with this, but um, the yeah. best and worst movies you saw in 2022, one of each. Off the top uh, of your head, Maverick. obviously. Yeah, Top Gun Maverick, uh, and then Nope. Uh, Jordan Peele is a very talented horror film director. He's a funny comedian, mm-hmm. and I, I liked his press works. Nope, I thought was awful, disappointing uh, the last half hour, I was rolling my eyes and churning in my seat, waiting no, to get out of there. Not a good so that's sign. That's my best and worst. No, not at all. And uh, Top Gun Maverick did okay at the box office. It's still playing here in a local theater. <laughs> they, they keep putting it back because people kept checking it out. Even when it was at home, it was on video on demand. There were people still seeing it. Listen, it, it, it's it's a rock'em sock'em ride. It's nostalgia. It's action packed. It's well told. Good acting, and it may have some Oscar nominations coming uh, maybe mm-hmm. in the new year. We'll have to see. Oh, that's the last thing. I got a little less than a minute. I wanted to ask yeah. you about the AOC movie. Is she – this is the, the – the critics loved it, okay? Does this mean what we're going to see here on uh, uh, Oscar night, walking down the, the red carpet, getting ready to be <laughs> – uh, get, get an award, an Academy Award? You know, a lot of documentary films are made each year. It's very, it's very competitive. So I think the fact that it bombs so badly at the theaters, it, sometimes the, the box office will impact the Oscar voting. So I don't think that'll happen, but you never know. It might get a token nomination, and then all of a sudden you see AOC in the bright lights of Hollywood. I hope you're wrong, because that's exactly what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Christian, thanks for uh, coming on, as always, and uh, have a good holiday. Thanks. Thank you. All right. That's Christian Toto. When we come back, you are going to hear 
Myron Cope from the 10th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Stick around. Well, I'm going to be off next week, so this is the last time I can tell you uh, before Christmas about Bath R Us and how you should treat yourself to a new bathroom. And if you call right now, you will get a uh, get a free home estimate, and you'll also get $1,000 off plus low to no monthly payments on a total transformation of your bathroom. Every unit is custom-built, allows you to pick all premium accents and accessories. Uh, it only uses products made here in the U.S., and every unit is installed by certified factory technicians, and they can fix it. They can do it in days, not weeks and months, days. You can have a new bathroom. So don't wait. Schedule your free in-home estimate right now. Get $1,000 off plus low to no monthly payments. Bath or us. Call today, 412-752-6880. That's 412-752-6880. Or go to bathrus.com. That's bath, the letter R, us.com. Start loving your bathroom again. And paid for by Open Shark Concepts. Attention firefighters, members of the military, and airport workers. For decades, first responders and firefighters at military bases and airports used a chemical-based foam to fight fires. Studies have shown that chemicals used to make aqueous film-forming foam, or AFFF, are highly toxic to humans and have been associated with several types of cancer. If you or someone you know was exposed to AFFF and were diagnosed with any of these cancers, including kidney, bladder, prostate, pancreatic, lymphoma, leukemia, testicular, and neuroendocrine, then you should call us immediately because you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. Call us at 800-515-8809. Our experienced attorneys will fight to get you the compensation you deserve, and you pay nothing unless we get a recovery in your favor. Time is limited to file a claim, so call us now, 800-515-8809. Operators are standing by 24-7, so don't wait. 800-515-8809. That's 800-515-8809. Again, 800-515-8809. The job Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So I'm off next week, and I won't be able to uh, do this on the actual anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. That was December 23rd, 1972, 50 years ago, next whatever day that, I guess, Friday? Yeah, next Friday. And I was there. I was a fan. My dad had season ticket. He had a season ticket. I'll tell you this story sometime about my dad. He wanted one. He didn't care about going to the game with people. Didn't care about tailgating. He wanted to see a football game. So he had one ticket. It was right directly on the fifty-yard line, in the upper level. Might have been the actual best seat in the entire stadium. And he was able because he had a season ticket. He was able to get one playoff ticket. The games weren't selling out back then. Remember, the game was not televised because they had a blackout rule that if the game was not sold out, I guess, I think it was 48 hours or 72 hours before game time, there was no local TV. So people had to listen to it on the radio. So anyway, um, I have, I was able to get a copy of this piece that I did when I was working at Channel 4 on the 10th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. It was would have been December 23rd, 1982, and... You can check that out on my Twitter feed at Steiger World. I put it up there. It's really fun to watch. Don Cannon, Stan Saverin, me, Franco Harris, John Madden, and I, we, re- we kind of retell the story. But included in that is Myron Cope, who, by the way, was, was working on this radio station, uh, this, on this signal, 1250 a.m. Myron Cope, this is his description of what happened to him on the day of the Immaculate Reception, December 23rd, 1972. One reason I'll never forget the Immaculate Reception is that it could have cost me my job. You see, Franco Harris had a great fan club that called itself Franco's Italian Army. Now, as you can see, Frank Sinatra was inducted into Franco's Italian Army as a one-star general. So, okay, after Franco made his miracle catch, he was resting at his locker when a club official brought him a telegram. It said, Go Steelers, go, and was signed General Francis Sinatra. So I said, hey, I got to tell our radio listeners about that. 
I knew that WTAE Radio had a 5 o'clock newscast just underway, so I grabbed a locker room telephone and dialed the newsroom and said, put me into the newscast live. And the guy in the newsroom said, okay, stand by. So I stood by, waiting for the newscaster to say, here's Myron Cope from Three Rivers Stadium. But I heard nothing. I'm looking at my watch, and I saw that the five-minute newscast was just about over. I'm totally frustrated. So I uttered a terrible, an awful expletive. And wouldn't you know it, I was on the air. Outside, the roads, they were jammed. And I'm told that my, my terrible words, uh, my expletive, caused at least half a dozen fender benders. At any rate, Monday morning, I was summoned to meet with two radio executives. They informed me that the big boss, the man in charge of the whole radio and television operation combined, was going up the wall. They also informed me that under FCC regulations, the possible penalties for what I'd done were a fine of up to $10,000 and a jail term of up to two years. To which I said, who does the two years, me or the big boss? And the answer was, the big boss. So I said, good, I'll send him a fruitcake. Well, as matters turned out, nobody got fined or jailed. And ten years later, I'm still working here. Or at least I think I am. Big Boss, if you're listening, you do appreciate my willingness to send you a fruitcake, don't you? This is Myron Cope on sports. Pretty good to hear that voice again, isn't it? He had a terrible voice for radio. And he didn't have that great, great a face for TV either, if you want to be honest about it. But he did okay for himself. Now, that's 1972. I'm not sure exactly when he started doing radio on a regular basis, but it might not have been until... 70 or 71, um, and so he was not a seasoned radio guy at that time, 50 years ago, not at the time when he did the commentary, 50 years ago on the day of the game, so it's kind of understandable that he would blurt out what I'm guessing was an F-bomb, but I'm not sure, but I, I'm guessing if, if, if it meant that much to him, that's what it was. Um, he wouldn't have done that 10 years later, but as a kind of a radio rookie, he just lost it, and pretty good story but you can check that piece out that i did and by the way it was an eight minute section on the newscast at the end of the newscast on the six o'clock news eight minutes sports guys now get two minutes for the entire sportscast hey i'm out next week merry christmas i'll talk to you a week from tuesday John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van.